Hello, America. Welcome to your Leo Nation. I am the Chief, Mark Garrett. Happy to be with you today. There is so much, so much going on in California. Uh, I know I'm always going back that well, but my God, it's a gold mine for chaos. It's a gold mine for uh, just, uh, just disasters. It just never stops. And so it's, uh, again, it's a great place to go back to talk about what's wrong with leadership, what's wrong with leadership and law enforcement, our elected officials, politicians, bureaucrats, so forth and so on. And joining us today, once again, it's, it's been too long, Mr. Rue, my best friend of almost 40 years, Marcelo Rue, law enforcement um, representative. How are you, sir? So far, so good, Mark. You know, living behind what? enemy lines. So yeah, well, you're only so far so good because your Raiders haven't played yet. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's why we're doing it early. <laughs> exactly. So you have plenty of time to mourn later on. Yeah, but, exactly. Well, I know you are behind enemy lines there, and I uh, said I I escaped like a Eastern Bloc refugee in 1950 uh, with my family getting out. <laughs> telling yeah. you. But it it continues to fall apart, and um, I know you're right in the thick of things there, um, in in, yeah. in that place, in your role. And hey, give me the give me the flavor, give me the temperature, so to speak. There, and, um, and we're gonna get into some stuff. I said there's so much going on, and I just narrowed down a couple of <clears throat> stories we want to talk about. But right. um, how's it going in yeah. your profession right now? Yeah, it's. Uh... I would say it's, it's it's bad as ever. I mean, it's uh, it's it, you know that the, the uh, officers are still have their hands tied. Um, uh, there, there's still violations in the city that we can't enforce. Uh, homelessness was one of them. Uh, mm -hmm. We used to have a control over it. Now we don't. Um, even doesn't matter how much money you throw at it. Uh, the last report I saw that uh, Mayor Bass threw one point billion dollars into homelessness this year and uh it hasn't made a dent that's the truth that you know and uh we're i know we're going to talk about newsom and and uh, mayor brie from san diego uh, i mean from san francisco uh and uh and she had some very interesting words to say when i went back to washington dc uh for a summit with mayors uh, she did mention uh enforcement which was not not taken very uh very well it wasn't applauded let's just say but she actually said it and i was and this was maybe nine months ago a year ago um and i heard her say it i was in the room so very interesting so you said <clears throat> that she was talking to some body of officials and you said it wasn't taken very well so can you put a little more in context or a little more specific about what she said and, and what the reaction to it was yeah, so so what happened in D.C. was it was a, a basically a summit for mayors throughout the nation. They all met and they try to um, find ways to, you know, improve their cities, but also uh, corroborate together in, in doing so, help each other out. Um, but, you know, homelessness is such a big deal. It's it, it's 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 gotten out of control. And uh, one of the statements that she made was, I don't believe that we will uh solve homelessness without enforcement mm -hmm. now mayor bass it was totally against enforcement 
you know, they, they basically said, we don't want to use any type of enforcement. Well, the problem is it's not going to work. You know, there are a percentage of homeless people that want to stay homeless. They want to stay on the streets. They don't want rules. They want to take their drugs. They want to drink. And this is the reality. This is the reality. People don't want to hear that, but it's the reality. Now, there are others that do want help. And we're building these shelters, $1.3 billion worth. And those people are, are going in there. But there's a large percentage that don't want to do it. They don't want to be part of the system. They don't want to be told what to do. They want to defecate. They want to urinate all through the city. They don't want people telling them what to do. And unless you start using enforcement, Mark, this problem will never be solved. It is not the money. It is not the money. You know, it's, it's, it, this is, this is a, a, a social dilemma. It is a, uh, it is a, it, it's a state of emergency for the good citizens that live here. That's well, the state of emergency for. I, I got to jump in, Marcelo, because yeah. you hit on so many great points and we're going to, we're going <clears> to <throat> talk about them in a broader sense, actually in one sense more specific, because what we have going on right now in San Francisco, um, like Los Angeles, but but worse, I think, in San Francisco. Um, it looks, it's a place that you and I and the families often visited together. We love going to San Francisco at one point. Now, I yeah. I wouldn't even fly over the place. Um, it's so yeah. bad. But we talked about it's not going to work without enforcement. Um, it's the citizens of these of these cities that are suffering. It's so. It's so timely what you just said, because this is exactly what I wanted to talk about. And we have some great examples of people in leadership positions. And I put the word leadership in quotes that are not utilizing any of the tools that you're talking about and don't give a damn about the citizens they represent. It's just the truth. So. Let me give you a little bit of context to the, the audience right now. So there's a there's an event happening right now as you listen to this podcast in San Francisco called APEC. And APEC stands for Asian Pacific Economic uh, Cooperative, I believe. And it's a number of uh, Pacific um, Rim countries. Uh, obviously, it's Asia, so primarily Asian countries along with uh, America. Uh, involved in economic development, trade, things like this, and, and mutual strategies. And that event's <laughs> taking place during the week in San Francisco. I know this intimately about the planning of parts of it because I used to work in private industry when I left uh, the California Highway Patrol, and I worked for a financial institution that's a high-ranking official now uh, in that event, and I did security for that person. So I'm very intimate with what's going on. So as you can imagine, you have all of these representatives, you have heads of state. Now we have Biden, by the way, going to San Francisco to meet with Xi Jinping uh, from China. Why? Because Newsom just came back from China and he didn't want to be one-upped. Biden didn't by, by Newsom. It's such a scam. It's such a scam. It's the only reason he's going to San Francisco. And, yeah. and again, I'll say it. Newsom is running, I mean, he, in his mind, he's running for president. We'll see how things play out. This is why he's doing this. Anyway, I digress. So I'm going to read a little bit uh, to you about 
APEC and about what's going on up there. And then we're going to watch some video of Gavin Newsom himself and show you how cold this guy in his administration are about the homeless problem. So listen to this article. Let me find out. I want to make sure I give it the uh, right. It's the um, the messenger is the um, is the publication. San Francisco quietly moves homeless people away from site of upcoming Biden Xi Jinping summit report. Now, again, this is happening in APEC. Right. Homeless people have been moved to other parts of the city ahead of Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit next week, which is this week as you're watching, listening to this podcast. Published, updated, so forth and so on. San Francisco reportedly removed encampments, sheltering homeless people in downtown ahead of an upcoming international summit where President Joe Biden will meet with Chinese President Xi Jinping. Homelessness has long plagued San Francisco, according to a 2022 count conducted by the city that showed around 3,400 people sleep in a shelter, while about 4,400 people sleep on the streets on any given night in the Northern California city. This week, homelessness or homeless people have been moved to parts of the city far from the location of APEC this week. I want you to listen to that. They've all been moved. And you can look on the map, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Go on, go on Google, just go ahead and enter APEC, and you'll actually see the security zone. They put everything up there, public information about where they carved it out, where the event's going to take place, and how they've pushed out the homeless people, relocated them for this event. The summit will be the city's largest international event since dignitaries gathered to sign the charter creating the United Nations in 1945, according to the AP. They started clearing the tents earlier this week, and there is definitely a lot of police presence. What a shocker. South of, uh, yeah, south of Market, resident and activist uh, Ricky Lee Wynn told the Post. San Francisco reportedly focused on moving encampments in South of Market and tenderloin that sheltered the homeless as well as people reportedly abusing fentanyl and heroin. Crews working with the city and police officers asked homeless people to move away from the area surrounding the Moscone Center, NBC Bay Area reported. A video report published by the news channel showed a homeless man gathering his belongings and moving presumably, uh, presumably to a shelter. Quote, they've cleared out the tents that were near the Moscone Center on Howard Street, which tells me the city had the capability to do this all along. Instead, they just do the bare minimum, Lee Wynn told the Post. Finally, Lee Wynn continued, once APEC is gone, police presence will start to simmer down again, the tents will return, and it will slowly flare up again. What we need is a permanent uh, permanent solution. The messenger reached out to San Francisco Mayor London Breed's office for comment, and guess what? Nothing. So, Marcelo, you, the reason that was just I was so excited when you talked about the enforcement aspect <clears throat> that Breed talked yeah. about. Absolutely. And yeah, so this 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 person here who's who's stuck with he's talking about oh they'll come in right now move everything out clean it up for the party and then boom. Let it go. Exactly. 
So uh, it's a great article. I read through it. Um, the one thing that I can tell you that is not true from sources that I know in San Francisco is that the homeless people were not asked. The article says they were asked to move. They were not asked to move. They were pretty much ordered to move or they were going to get moved. And this is very important because this is what uh, Mayor Bree was talking about before. You are not going to fix a problem without enforcement. Being asked to move and being ordered to move is two different things. Now, the most important thing, and we shouldn't miss the point of this, is that Mayor, I'm, I'm sorry, Governor Newsom can fix the problem. He just chooses not to. He chooses not to fix the problem for the taxpayer, the American taxpayer. He chooses not to fix the problem for the residents of San Francisco. He chooses not. No, he chooses not to. Instead, he will fix the problem for a communist dictator. That is what's important here, that you will fix a problem to appease and please a communist dictator. And you can do it within a week. I mean, this is happening tomorrow, I believe. And I'm, what, what has it been? Three days, four days, and he's able to clean up the city? This is appalling, Mark. This is appalling. It is you know, appalling. How, 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 come, how no, more people are outraged about this? Well, Marcelo, this is, it's another great point you make because the question is, why aren't more people outraged? This guy beat a recall. And uh, don't ask me how, because I'm thinking anybody with two brain cells to slap together could see the deterioration, not only in San Francisco, the Bay Area, but the entire state in so many different aspects, in so many different arenas and capacities during his ten, uh, tenure as, as governor. And why wouldn't he be recalled? I, I don't have the answer, but I've said it before, and you and I have talked about it. We can blame Newsom. We can blame other elected officials and chiefs of police and things like this. Well, chiefs of police are a little bit different because they're not, they're not elected. But people who are elected, they get elected. People go to the ballot box. I don't know, yeah. secure or not secure, legitimate or not. We can talk about that in another podcast. But supposedly the elections are secure and safe and blah, 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 blah. And they keep reelecting the same people, the same tyrants that cause the problems that supposedly that they're upset about. I don't understand it. I do not understand right. it. So, yeah, I, and I, I don't either. And I, and I think that, you know, I, I, I have to, tr to try to be hopeful that the majority of people in San Francisco are tired of this, that the majority of Californians are tired of this. Um, I have to be hopeful that that these people see that it is the so-called leaders. I don't even really like to call them leaders, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you said, they were elected. You know, uh, I can't say anything about that, but um, that these politicians that we have here in California, Newsom, uh, Bree, you can go down the line, the Los Angeles City Council, they do not have the city's best interest in mind because if you the residents, fix the it, citizens, they don't have the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They don't and have if you can mind. fix something like 4,400 homeless people at any given day in the city of San Francisco, and you can 
pretty much clear it out within a few days, that means you always had the ability to do it and you chose not to. 100%. And so, you know, it's a decision. what do you say, Mark? It's a decision. I mean, honestly, what do you say? Well, I'll tell you what, what, what I say is probably not that important. Uh, but what is important is what those so-called leaders say, because they're the ones that are in power. All, all you and I can do, Marcelo, is, is try to encourage people that hate what they're living in to take action to make change. They have to be their own, like I've said a million times, be your own first responder in, 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 in every aspect of your life. You have to do something. And the people of California have to step up. But you're saying about uh, uh, talking about, you know, Newsom, it's a decision. I want to play a clip. And this is from about a 40 minute something press conference that he and Bree and some other officials did in San Francisco uh, very recently. And the, the clip you're going to see is about 30 seconds long. And it talks specifically about, about them cleaning up the city for this event. Now, again, I want to be totally transparent and fair here. This is taken uh, in the middle of the, near the end of this press conference. You can watch the entire 45 minute press conference like I did. They're talking about a larger strategy um, of cleaning the city up. So the, the whole the whole press conference wasn't just about APEC, but he got asked a question about this. I want you he- to hear his response. But when you're listening to, if you're only listening to the podcast, you won't be able to see it. For those of you who are watching the podcast, I not only want you to very carefully listen to Newsom, but I want you to watch the officials behind him and their reaction to this very, very serious problem. Vince, can you pull that clip up? Play that for us. I know folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, That's true because it's true. But it's also true for months and months and months prior to APEC, we've been having different conversations. And we've raised the bar of expectation between the city, the county, and the state, and our, our federal partners as well, that we all have to do more and do better. And so that's really the spirit of this. This is momentum. This is directional. And I want folks to know. I, uh, I've watched that about 10 times, and I'm astounded. First of all, those, uh, those officials behind him are laughing. When he says something completely ridiculous, at least I'll say, I guess he was honest. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. Um, but I think he was kind of got himself caught up there. And people say that we're just cleaning this up because all these fancy leaders are coming to town. Uh, well, that's true because, well, it's true. Well, of course it's true. It's the only reason you're doing it. Yeah. And like you said earlier, Marcelo, if they have the capacity, the capability, the resources, and the desire to clear out these people living on the street and to hide them for as long as they want to for this event, they can do it anytime they want to and they refuse to do it. They, do, they, yeah. they don't want to do it. And looking at those people in the background laughing, can you imagine being a, a franchisee of a, of a Subway sandwich or a Domino's or a jewelry store or whatever it is, and you yeah. have people defecating in front of your store, you have people that are committing crimes and doing drugs and engaged in sexual activity, 
all these things. And these people who don't live anywhere near this, I can guarantee it, and probably have security. I know Newsom does and Breed does. They think it's funny that he's making a joke about what he's clearing up. It's absolutely disgusting. He should be ashamed of himself. He should come out and apologize. Listen, I, he should make some type of an apology, and so should they for laughing about this crap. 100%. I mean, it, it's just, you know what? It, they're just not hiding it anymore. Because you know what? We've set a precedence here in California. And the precedence is I can do what I want because you try to recall me and that didn't work. So I can do whatever I want. I can tell you, hey, you know what? I'm not cleaning it up because guess what? I don't live in San Francisco, so it doesn't affect me or my family. You know, I can shut down public schools so your kids don't get an education, but my kids go to private school. Who cares? What are you going to do about it? And that's Nothing. the bottom line, Mark. That's the yeah, bottom line. It, it is the bottom line. telling the people of California, what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's as simple as that. I know we try to find other way, you know, other reasons and why he would do this, why he wouldn't. It's as simple as that. The, the, the reality is, is what are you going to do about it, California? What are you going to do? You, you couldn't recall me. I'm here. And now I can just tell you the way it's going to be because you're not going to do nothing about it. And, well, I, and I think it, you're... It, it's upsetting. It's upsetting. You know, for, for someone like me who, and like you who have been in law enforcement for, you know, a combination of over 50 years, um, you know, you find this uh, politician that now, I shouldn't say one, you know, I should say politicians that just – now feel like they can just say what they really mean. And he really means it. He really means it. He's, he's cleaning the city up for a, a dictator, for a communist, um, for a person that has violated human rights. And guess what? Yes, I'm going to clean up the city for him, but I'm not going to do it for you. Yeah. So uh, it's so well said, and it's terribly sad. Uh, it is very disturbing. Um, you nailed it with the, so what? I don't care. And what are you going to do about it? And that's the attitude we're dealing with. So the homeless issue, it's, we we can give endless examples of, of lives impacted, livelihoods impacted, lives, lives lost, lies to on and on and on and on. And there is one that is also very timely for those of you in Southern California, pretty much anywhere in California, but especially Southern California. I know you recently just saw the major inferno in downtown Los Angeles by the East Los Angeles interchange and the 10 freeway. I know it yeah. very, very well. That was one of my commands there. Central Los Angeles CHP is right down the street from where this fire broke out. Right. And Actually, before we talk about too much, Vince, go ahead and play that clip of that uh, I-10 freeway fire in in downtown LA for me, will you? The blaze roared through several storage yards in downtown Los Angeles, engulfing a section of the 10 freeway. Homeless living underneath, pushed out by the heat, ran for their lives as flames engulfed a two-block stretch. And it was just like completely darkness and smoke. It was very terrifying. 
The intense fire started just after midnight underneath the 10 north of 14th Street. Everything you can imagine was stored down there. Car parts, automobiles, pallets, shipping containers. So why did I play that clip? First of all, for those of you who weren't uh, or not watching, just listening to it, you could hear the audio and the reporter are talking about it. But and I'm sure you've probably seen the blaze on, on your, your local news. So this fire breaks out basically midnight, 1230 in the morning. So hot, so intense, it shuts down both sides of the I-10 freeway, major corridor going from Santa Monica all the way to Florida. And it, it damages the pillars, so forth and so on. But here's the thing. In that report, the uh, reporter's just talking about the homeless people who were pushed out, obviously, away from the blaze. And... You talk about ignoring the elephant in the room. See, I'm familiar, very familiar with that area. Like I said before, um, it's right near, right next to one of our CHP offices. Uh, and it's state property. There is tons and tons of property, debris, uh, um, vehicles, you name it. All types of you know, paraphernalia uh, in that area. But if you drive down there on those frontage roads, under, next, transversing that freeway, all you see are homeless encampments. Absolutely. The tents, the boxes, and you've, been, you've worked down there, Marcelo, yep. and, and you know it as well as I do, probably better than I do, because you're, you know, that it is densely populated with, with homeless encampments. I mean densely. So what are the odds that, Maybe possibly this fire was started by a human being living in one of those encampments. I mean, was it climate change? Was it spontaneous combustion? <laughs> was it a lightning strike? Was it an act of God? I yeah. mean, if you had to roll the dice, what would you think? The investigation's not over yet. Um, by the way, I got to be honest with you. I'm not confident that if the arson investigators determined this came from a, a, a homeless encampment, I'm not confident that they'd be transparent about it call me cynical call me cynical but it doesn't fit the narrative right now it does not fit the narrative but this is an example this is an example of the impact of not cleaning our cities up of these homeless encampments this the probably hundreds of millions of dollars of economic impact this is having Matter of fact, it was so bad that Newsom declared a state of emergency so they could free up funds and overtime and things like this to get this freeway, freeway, freeway repaired, pardon me, yeah. as quickly as possible. Why? Great because timing. Great, yeah, great timing. Great timing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but again, uh, you, you've, been, you've literally been in the trenches down there. And yeah. the idea that this wasn't likely a homeless person uh, is... It's sure. It's ludicrous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would say ninety nine point nine percent. That's the way it occurred. You know, I. It's just, and you're right. What's scary is, is that the politics is so heavily rooted in 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 California that they may not come out and talk about how it got started, or maybe they won't be very specific on how it got started. But the truth is, I'm surprised this didn't happen three years ago, four years ago. I, I really am. 
I mean, it, this. Well, I, I got to jump mean, this, in this here because this encampment has been around for years and years and years. Yes. Well, here's the thing. And again, having having worked in Southern California for 30 years on the freeways and on the county roads in Los Angeles County, and especially the, the near the end of my career, see, we had fires in state property all the time in the, right. the last seven, eight, ten years ago. I mean, all the time. The only difference is the vast majority of them did not happen to erupt or be caused in a place like this that was so densely populated with fuel to burn. But we have them on the freeways all the time in homeless encampments. It's just not unusual. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before you had one of these incidents occur in in a horrible, horrible location as far as fuel and impact to uh, transit as this one did. So the fires themselves, that's not unusual. It's just we had yeah. the perfect storm here. Um, yeah, and it, 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 it's interesting too because, and not that I want to be a conspiracy theorist, but you know he got a lot of heat. Newsom did for what he no said. No pun intended, Marcelo. Yeah, right. exactly. No pun intended for what he said about cleaning up the city for for our, our communist dictator that's coming here. So he got a lot of heat for that, and then here's here comes a fire. Oh, yeah. now this is a stage of emergency. Don't look over here. Don't look over here in San Francisco. <laughs> Nothing happening here. Look at the 10 freeway. This is where we should be looking at. It's, you know what? You know, I, don't, I don't know, Mark. I, I, know. I, uh, I know what they're going to say. I, I, I hear. Look, the thing is, I mean, anything is believable now, right? Anything's possible. It, as a matter of fact, we're going to, we're going to, and I'm going to, here's a pun. We're going to transition into something. <laughs> We're going to transition to another story uh, uh, right now about anything now. You you can't make these things up anymore. So we move from San Francisco. We come down south of Los Angeles County for the Big Ten Freeway, which I'm sure wasn't started by a homeless person or encampment or some wires that they had tapped into legally from city or state resources. Uh, that never ever right. happens. But we're going to move down to LA County on a more specific uh, crime story. Now, this story is uh, I don't know, a little over a year old, year and a half old, but it has legs. Uh, I guess they were yeah. shaved legs. Now I'm not really sure, but anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> so let me go back here a little bit, and and I'm sure many of you listening remember this story. Um, or some of you do. And if you, if you don't know the story, um, you should know. So like, like Newsom uh, and like so many mayors and city council and the California legislature, um, we have, we have an out of control, uh, crazy person uh, playing the role of Los Angeles County district attorney, George Gascone. And of course, you know, I am, gladly endorsing, supporting, working with John McKinney, God bless him, to kick this 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 monster out of that office and get a real DA in there, someone who believes in the rule of law. And I'm going to plug him right now. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do anything today, get on John McKinney's website, send him five bucks, send him 10 bucks, send him $100, send him whatever you can, send him some money to get gas going out. So that said, want to remind you of the story. It's, it's very short. Get you up to speed or get you informed if you don't know about it. This is a, about a year and a half ago, May 11, 2022. Trans child molester tried as minor by D.A. Gascon charged with murder. 
So I'll tell you the story uh, real quick. Convicted molester Hannah Tubbs, H-A-N-N-A-H, yes, Hannah is a female name, Tubbs, identified as a male when she attacked a child in the bathroom and gloated when Gascon charged her as a child. <clears throat> and we'll, uh, it, oh. I know I'm catching my breath because it's so disgusting. It's so disgusting. And, you know, we'll, we'll link this article uh, uh, to the website and we're going to start doing that more and more uh, everybody. So you can look at our sources and just read these things at your own convenience. Hannah Tubb, 20, uh, Hannah Tubbs, a 26-year-old convicted California child molester who identified as a 17-year-old male when she attacked a child in a Denny's bathroom in 2014. Now, I got to stop right here. Remember, I, I, was, <clears throat> I was being flip. I was joking about, hey, we're going to transition to yeah. another story. Well, that's why I said that. Right. Because even this article, which is pretty informative, they are... They are playing by this monstrous game. They're calling this man, and he has a beard. Has a beard, ladies and gentlemen. And he's yeah. calling himself a female. So it says that he was 17 years old. By the way, he was just like five or 10 days short of his 18th birthday when he attacked this 10-year-old girl in a bathroom. Just about 18 years old. So it's in 2014, and who was tried as a juvenile by crusading Los Angeles District Attorney George Castone has been charged with murder in Kern County. Now, this is a little bit while back, too, this murder he was charged with. But I want to get into this, this original incident. There's a reason. Remember, he was 17, almost 18 years old, who uh, a male, a biological male, molested a 10-year-old girl in a Denny's restroom. George Gascon tries him as a juvenile instead of a, an adult. Tubbs was ordered, uh, held on $1 million bail following her, her arraignment. Again, the article is now re referring to this guy as a woman because he says he's a female. Unbelievable. Yes. Unbelievable. Absolutely disgusting. And I'm going to tell you why it's so disgusting if it's not, if it's not apparent to you. Uh, I'm going down the article here. Also, in uh, 2019, DNA evidence linked Tubbs to the 2014 attack on a 10-year-old girl in the bathroom of a Los Angeles Denny's. Tubbs identified as James Edward Tubbs when she grabbed the child by the throat and locked her in the stall and shoved her hand down the victim's pants. Although Tubbs was just two weeks shy of his 18th birthday at the time of the assault, and despite not being charged for another five years, Gascon uh, caught heat for being so married to his reform platform's measure that no children, quote-unquote, would be tried as adults that he brought the case against Tubbs in juvenile court. So here's a case where Gascon, the DA, he is so tied to his agenda, to his ideology, that this monster, when I say monster, I'm talking about Gascone, because the first monster is this dude who calls himself Hannah. That's the first monster. The next That's monster right. is the person who doesn't have the intelligence or the morality to charge the first monster as an adult. This is absolutely disgusting. Now, 
Marcelo, you have a couple of decades in law enforcement. How often is it that you find somebody, you arrest somebody, you come in contact through an enforcement contact with a person that would commit this level of heinous crime and it's the only crime they've ever committed? How often does that happen? Not very often. I mean, uh, statistically, you know, child molesters, rapists uh, are repeat offenders. I think 90% of them, um, which is very interesting because I, I read an article where this were, was a child molester. He, he was in jail for 10 years, and he very blatantly said to a reporter, if you release me today, I will go where the children are. I will go to your parks. I will go to your schools. He goes, I have the sickness with kids. I cannot leave this institution. This is what he said. Mm-hmm. This is what he said. And and these guys are repeat offenders. They're they're predators. And and for Gascon to go light on someone, I, I just or, or I shouldn't say someone, to go light on on, on this dude. Um Who are you trying to help? Isn't your job as DA is to help the city and the community? Is to protect those that can't be protected? Is to protect these children against this monster? And and it just seems like Gascon is turned into one of those monsters. Absolutely. And it's just, uh, again, our system has destroyed itself because of the leadership that we have implemented here in California. And you know what? I have to find, again, the hopefulness of this. Like, I have to see, like, there's there's a silver lining to this. And that is, when this starts happening in your state, God willing, it never does. But when you see it happening in your state, you got to get involved right away. You can't wait. Because look at California, look at Chicago, look at New York, look at the recipe, liberal governor, liberal mayor, ineffective chief of police, ineffective city council. All those three states have the same recipe, Mark, have the same ingredients. And what do you have? Failure. You have failure. I mean. Well, you have, you have. 100%, you have failure, you have chaos, you have the complete degradation of a civil society. I've said it over and over, and I'm going to continue to say it over and over. Marcel, you're absolutely right. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, I do keep harping on California for exactly the reasons that Marcelo so clearly articulated. Because if you can't look at this horror movie going on in California and come to the decision that I am not going to allow this to come to my state, you are blind, you are stupid, or you want it to come to your state. Nobody should allow these types of policies to to uh, find their way into their respective communities, to their respective states. And I'm 
begging everybody listening to this to look at what's going on. Look what happens when you have a super majority Democrat legislature in California. You have a super moronic governor who is hell-bent on being becoming uh, president of the United States and will manipulate resources to whatever extent he possibly can to further that goal. This is, it's more than a wake-up call. I mean, it's, if, if this is not a wake-up call, nothing is. So let me continue. I just hit on this art, article. I kind of skimmed it a little bit. But again, after this guy was charged as a minor with sexual assault in Los Angeles, later on, he was charged through some DNA work with a murder in, I think, Kern County in the Central Valley. In fact, we'll talk about that in a minute. But let me tell you about the transgender all this stuff with this guy, just about how, I mean, in other words, if molesting a 10-year-old girl in, in, a, in, a, in a restroom at Denny's is not bad enough, well, listen to this. So this is from Fox News, and this is a trans, let me scroll up here a little bit, folks. Trans child molester Hannah Tubbs crafted new female identity in jailhouse <clears throat> call with dad. <clears throat> This is also an, a little bit of an older story, but many of you haven't heard it. And I remember this and I thought, man, this is this is really important. Hannah Tubbs, formerly known as James Tubbs, is a child molester and accused murderer. This is by Michael Ruiz from Fox News. And this was early. This is February of 2023. And I remember this phone call. You can listen to the tapes. You find them online. Let's have them taken them down. Hannah Tubbs, formerly known as James Tubbs, discussed a shift in gender identity as part of a jailhouse phone call regarding the defense lawyer's strategy on how the convicted child molester was being housed prior to a guilty plea in Los Angeles, according to law enforcement sources with knowledge of the call. Tubbs is also uh, an accused murderer, and I'm going to get to the final part of this. He's no longer accused. Tubbs is also an accused murderer who allegedly began identifying as a female only after being arrested in a cold case child sex, uh, sex assault investigation in order to get placed with juvenile girls while awaiting trial. Trub, uh, Tubbs, 17 at the time of the attack, has criminal records in California, Idaho, and Washington, and pleaded guilty in the case last year. It involved an assault on a 10-year-old girl in a Denny's bathroom on New Year's Day, 2014. Under lenient policies imposed by LADA, George Gascone, I call him George Gascone, he received a softball sentence of two years in a juvenile facility at the age of 26. 26 years old and a female juvenile facility, ladies and gentlemen. And it goes on and on and on. Read the article. We'll link this. I think uh, Vince, Anthony, please link this to the website. People need to read this. They need to realize what's going on. God forbid, imagine if this were your daughter. Imagine if this were you, another loved one that Gascon had made sure would be out in two years for something like this. It's absolutely despicable. But but what is so important here is that he manipulated the system, the system that is so perverse, and I mean perverse, it's perverted. 
the system is perverted. On the word of this monster, he says, oh, I'm not a male. Yes, I have a penis and testicles, and I have a big beard here, look like Santa Claus, but I'm a female. So he gets placed, he gets placed in a juvenile female facility? Again, one cannot make this up. It's science no. fiction on steroids. Yep. And look and at the forethought, though, Mark. I mean, you know, the people say, oh, these people have mental illness. They, 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 don't, they don't realize, you know, what body they're in. This person had forethought to once he got arrested, change his identity to gain favoritism in order to get a lighter sentence with this, this DA, supposedly, that we have. Um, but I mean, this, this, this took some thinking, this took some, this took some, uh, you know, some, some, some logical thinking. Oh, well, how do I get out of this? Oh, I'm going to call myself a female, you know? And by the way, Marcel, the only reason that his thought process would work is because he knew that he, that he lives in a system that's completely accepting, forget accepting, supportive of this nonsense absolutely exactly. supportive of this yep. other if he had done this in any other country i mean not any other country i wish it were any other country there's so many countries like this right now but if he had done this in certain countries he'd be laughed at and then thrown into solitary confinement but here we we coddle these monsters and the sip the system now is so um easily manipulated because what's happened here with with laws and law enforcement and prosecution and norms is that we've created complete chaos. So whatever the victim status class is today, it's what's going to be coddled to. It's what's going to be is favored and what's going to be bowed down to. And because this child molester who's almost 18 years old, now he says before he goes to jail, oh, by the way, I was a female in that bathroom which there is no indication ever in his life that I know of or that was published any place that he had any thoughts of this prior to this arrest. Gee, right. I wonder why. So yeah. let me finish up here with this guy. Sorry to cut you off, but I want to finish up with no, go ahead. this story. And and I set the stage just earlier by asking, you know, how often do you see somebody committing these types of crimes that are not involved in crime all their life? And we see this guy had a record through like three Western states. And so what happens? Yeah. Again, this is another article. This is just like almost right now, November 7th, 2023, Fox News. California trans child molester Hannah Tubbs gets 15 years in plea deal for bludgeoning friend to death. I put the death in there. Uh, I just said bludgeoning friend in the headline, but he did kill the friend. By the way, <laughs> with friends like that. Anyway, how's <laughs> the story go? Right. By the way, Marcelo and I are best friends, so I don't know if that means how much you bludgeon me or I do. I don't know how if that's the, the new <laughs> protocol for friendship. You know, I love him so much, I bludgeoned him. I mean, we're 40 you know, years I, behind. Exactly, we are. And, you know, and the reason that we're sitting here, it, we're not making light of this poor soul no. who was murdered we're by this monster. We're making light of the system. Of exactly. Of course. Right. And in other words, if it weren't so tragic, if it weren't costing lives, it weren't upending society, 
it would be laughable, but no, it's not. It's evil, it's despicable, and it's absolutely depressing. So Hannah Tubbs, the convicted, I'm reading from the article, the convicted child molester who got a softball juvenile sentence at the age of 26 in Los Angeles after attacking a little girl in a restaurant bathroom has pleaded guilty to manslaughter. By the way, I mean, they bludgeon somebody to death and he gets manslaughter. I don't know about this DA up there either, but it is what it is. In connection with the friend's brutal death, the 27-year-old who was charged in Kern County with first-degree murder threatening a witness robbery and assault pleaded guilty to manslaughter and lesser charges in exchange for a 15-year prison sentence now again he's 27 years old 26 27 years old he's going to be out at 42 by the way it's california he's not going to spend 15 years in state prison i'm sorry i misspoke he's going to be out in five six seven years probably joe what do you think yeah i mean hopefully hopefully he'll be in that long yeah. So get this, Tubbs beat Michael Clark to death with a rock in April of 2019, according to court documents. The two were friends in the same quote-unquote survivalist transient group at the time, according to prosecutors. And the killer's father told uh, Fox News Digital last year that Clark had also lived at his home for a short time. Tubbs began identifying as a female, again, only after being arrested in a cold case child sex assault investigation in order to get placed with juvenile girls while awaiting trial, according to law enforcement sources. Tubbs, who was treated as a female in Los Angeles, was being held in the Kern County Jail's men's facility, thank God. <laughs> oh, now he's a man. He's a, he's a man again. I have no idea. I don't know. I, I Maybe there's a new class. I was a woman. I'm now a man. I might be a woman again. I don't know. I'm so confused. But at least, at least Kern, uh, Kern County, sorry, at least Kern County put him in the men's facility because he was sporting a Santa Claus beard and he had a swing and rod between his legs. So they put him in the right place at least. Right. State correction officials will determine whether Tubbs serves a sentence with male or female. Oh, oh my God, I spoke too soon. I hadn't even read all this article. Now, by the way, state correction officials, again, so that's another disaster. They will determine if he's going to spend his time with with males or females. Um, It's sick. It's absolutely sick. And by the way, finally, and there's more to the article, but finally I'm going to say this. After Clark's death, Tubbs threatened other friends Joseph, I think it's Buffalo, and Brittany Hill to keep quiet about the attack. This goes, Marcel, to what you said earlier about his thought process, that this guy is manipulative. He thinks things through. And before he got convicted of this murder, he's telling people, you better shut up or I'm going to get you too. So yep. this yep. is what's going on in, in, in California. The, the homeless, the, the, the crime the coddling people who want to identify as this group or that group or whatever it is. This is what happens when we throw the rule of law out the window. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Because that's where it all starts. It all starts. It all starts. It, it starts with a a strong law enforcement it's strong it starts with a, a a strong chief of police it starts with 
a strong DA, strong prosecutors, everybody on the same team for the same reason, to restore law and order, to arrest violators, to protect life, and to give people the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That is our job, is to make sure that when mom and dad take their kid to go get ice cream, they're not going to get robbed. That you can go to go that you can go catch a movie without fear of your car being gone. I mean, this is this is our job. And I feel that in California we've lost that. We we've lost that way. You know, and and, and this is why I, I, I truly say when you see this stuff start happening at the ground level in your state, you gotta get involved right away. You gotta be a voice of reason. You got to get your friends on board because through the masses of everybody going, no, we need a strong law enforcement. We need a strong DA. And if you're not going to be strong for you, the community, you can't be here. If we don't, if, if other states don't start doing that, you're just going to have more of California, more of Chicago, more of New York. And, you know, the truth is, I don't even want to live in this state. That's the honest to God truth. I, I, I don't like anything about this state, but I do, like I said before, appreciate the fact that I have seen it firsthand now. And, you know, I, and I, I warn everyone, if you live in Florida, if you live in Ohio, if you live in Montana and you see this stuff, this stuff start happening, get involved. You have to, you have to. Well said, Marcelo. Well said, be your own first responder. Protect your own family, protect yourself, get involved in the election process. You have to be a part of the solution. If you're not part of the solution, then you are part of the problem. And uh, again, couldn't have said it better myself. Ladies and gentlemen, the rule of law is there for a reason. It's supposed to be blind. It's supposed to be objective. It's supposed to be fair. Read the 14th Amendment. And my God, the 14th Amendment, uh, the founding fathers must be doing somersaults in their graves because the 14th Amendment there is equal protection, period. It doesn't say unless you're this or unless you're that or unless you're something else. It says equal protection, which also means equal prosecution. So Marcelo Rue, it's um, he's always more than a pleasure talking with you. It's um, uh he always actually just brings some great insight for me and I'm sure for the listeners and viewers of this podcast. And I know you're in the front lines. We love you. I love you. Thank you for putting your ass on the line for the people of, uh, of, of the state in which you live every single day. And I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon. Uh, give my best to your lovely wife and the wonderful daughter that you don't deserve. Uh, in either <laughs> of them. Um, you know, Again, give my best. It's not very good, but it's all I have to offer. And, uh, I will. Yeah. And I'm glad. Yep. Uh, I'm happy that, you know, the, this podcast brings out a lot of information now because the truth is, Mark, you know, this is what we need right here. This podcast hopefully will get into houses uh, beyond California and throughout other cities because we need this. We need people to uh, start listening up. I mean, and that's the truth. And, you know, this takes a lot of time out of your day. I know you have a beautiful wife, which you don't deserve, and <laughs> and, a, and a gorgeous son. And uh, But, you know, 
there there's a calling and i think that uh this one's yours after 30 plus years of law enforcement that you've given your life to uh the you know the the highway patrol and uh and now you're you're doing something to to continue that uh, man i i'm proud of you and that's why you're my best friend so well thank you my best friend much appreciated thank you for your time ladies and gentlemen do something get out there meanwhile i'm going to focus on it again get on john mckinney's website l8 for lada support him support uh the leo project our charity we really really want to be able to do some great things with your help we can do that so just click on uh the yourleoproject.org to donate there and uh, god bless everybody listening vince anthony in the background there thank you so much i'm glad i can't see your faces probably probably would have had to put sunglasses on but um <laughs> thanks for you all guys you guys are the you, best you, you, you are the best they guys really are the best they take my horrible jokes in stride and they get dish it back to me as well god bless everybody we'll we'll see you uh, next time take care <laughs>